Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. On today's show, we've got a little bit of news to hit on. Um, big news in the Wisconsin basketball world as they landed a transfer big man from Cincinnati. So we'll get into that discussion before we get into our defensive grades for the spring football season. If you missed the last episode, we started this off with the offensive side of the football, so make sure to go check that out if you haven't listened to it already. It's a lot of fun to kind of go through position by position, give each um, group a grade based on what we kind of heard and saw uh, come out of spring practice now that that has come and wrapped up. So today we'll be doing it for the defensive side of the football. It should be another fun conversation. Excited to see what we can get into um, you know, and see which positions we feel comfortable out and grade out well, which positions are maybe a little bit more of a struggle that you're hoping to see more of. So it uh, should be a fun exercise. Matt, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. Yeah, it was a nice weekend, a little Mother's Day action, and now we're kind of back on the grind. How are you doing? I'm good, yep. You always got to get that Mother's Day work in. You got the Mother's Day brunch. Um, so it was nice to see the family and then uh, get back to normal, get back into routine here because in the last couple of weeks with the, the podcast, we've been bouncing around a little bit. Obviously, there's a little bit more flexibility with not a lot going on. This is kind of the dead time for college athletics and in both football and basketball. You know, volleyball's, of course, over, hockey's over. So, um, but thankfully, we've been able to you know do these couple uh, grade podcasts, which would be a lot of fun, and, and keep the episodes rolling out. So before we get into that, let's go ahead and start with our news, though. Wisconsin basketball, land center Chris Vogt from Cincinnati, seven foot one, two hundred sixty pounds, big body, um, a player that in twenty twenty averaged five point six points per game. Um, his strongest season in terms of scoring was in twenty nineteen, eleven points per game. Really a strong defender, um, you know, good size. Wisconsin, as much, uh, you can look at the stats for Chris Vogt, and, and maybe they don't jump off the page, but for Wisconsin, they needed a body. They needed a, a big man with experience, just given the roster where they are right now. So I think this transfer makes a ton of sense. What do you make of that, and, and how do you think Chris Vogt will fit in with the Badgers? Yeah, I, I think I like to get in, in terms of bringing in somebody that's got experience can help kind of shepherd some of the younger guys along, help them in practice setting, because you really, you look at it, they don't have a lot of size, um, and and really just having somebody that can help them out. He's a back-to-the-basket guy. He started 52 games over the course of his career, so he's no slouch in terms of experience. You worry about his free throw percentage. It's, it's real rough. Um, I think his average is, is 45.5%, which is Ooh. not great. Um but at the same time, you're bringing him in for the defensive end. Use that size to disrupt, get some rebounds. Um, he's, he's a pretty good shot blocker. Uh, if he can get back to what he did as a junior at Cincinnati, I think you like the pickup because he can help you out in a lot of different ways. You look at both him and Jacoby Neath, the two, two of the three guys they've brought in this year um, through the transfer market, and both guys – 
had down seasons a year ago, but then you look at the year previous and they really showed some promise. So I think you're you're buying low on a kid that, and hoping that he can return to form and give give you some depth. I don't. I'm guessing he will probably be a starter. I I don't know that for sure, but um, one would imagine that probably that experience will win out. The size will win out. And in a Big Ten where we've seen um, the Badgers struggle against some of the bigger guys, um, you know, you've got seven foot three kid over at Purdue. You've got uh, a seven seven footer over at Michigan. So you've got some really talented bigs in this conference that are coming back. And so it's going to be important to have that length to to bang inside because we saw Wisconsin struggled with that a lot last year and looking at the fact that, hey, you're losing those two big guys and they struggled, it's, it makes sense to bring in another lengthy body to, to help you out. You just got to hope, yeah, like just continues to round out his game and can help some of those younger guys as well develop. Yeah, I think it all makes a ton of sense for Wisconsin basketball to bring in a player like this. Um, you know, just based on, you know, this, the size is important, but the experience is always good. You know, this past season you had guys that played a lot of basketball. Now you're going to a team that really collectively hasn't played a ton of minutes. So you're going to want somebody in there that, that can give you that, maybe bring some, you know, some, some teaching moments, some leadership that has played a lot of college basketball. Um, you know, guys that are, have, have been multi-year players are not as common in, in today's game as it was in the past where you're getting guys that are juniors and seniors. Um, so it, is he, he going to be a player that's going to come in and light the world on fire and, and be a dominating big man and, and, you know, lead the Badgers in scoring or anything like that? No, of course not. He's going to come in. I think you can see a, a, a role that he will fill. Um, and, and also on the flip side of that, the Badgers, of course, needed a body to get into their out, that into that rotation, but you're not necessarily overcommitting. I think he'll get plenty of minutes, and like you said, probably you know with his experience, be be a starter. But if one of your younger guys is playing really well, and and you need to get them into the rotation more, it's not a guy that you've said you know you've got to get him this amount of minutes um, to play a lot to, to get him to come to Wisconsin. So I think in terms of competition-wise, same thing with Jacoby Neath and Chris Vogt. These transfers coming in are going to be ready to compete. I think both will have a role kind of defined for them and will provide the Badgers with some, some minutes that they're going to need. You know, you come in with a lot of departures from this past season. I know that I know that sometimes this season was frustrating, but those guys still played a lot of minutes and you, and you knew what you had. Going into this season, you're kind of stepping into the unknown with some new faces and some guys that haven't played a lot of basketball. So it's going to be interesting, but I think the, the addition of Chris Bolt makes a lot of sense in a lot of different ways, and, and hopefully he can kind of return to form of that 2019 season because maybe he gives you a, a little even more than what you expected uh, when you landed him. Yeah, like I said, this is a buy low, see what you can get from him um, type of experiment because he's, he's got a ton of experience between his time at Northern Kentucky and Cincinnati. Now you just got to hope that he can elevate his game and continue to help you out, whether that be off the bench or whether that be as a starter. Um, I, you, I doubt he's going to be a guy who's going to be pushing 35 minutes a game or anything like that as a seven-footer. So you, you're going to have to rotate your young bigs in there a lot. This gives you a little bit more flexibility to, to kind of ease them into things instead of, hey, we're going to go multiple freshmen starting most likely. All right, any other news that you want to hit on in uh, before we get into our defensive grades? Well, over the weekend, the 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 other big news was Braylon Allen, Wisconsin 
2021 signee who's going to be coming in this this summer just went bananas and helped lead Fond du Lac to a state championship. I know that the spring season's been kind of wonky and that things are a little bit different, but they they took down Kimberly in emphatic fashion, 71 to 47. So not a whole lot of defense being played, but the kid is a stud on the defensive side. He was originally a safety recruit, four-star kid, and shifted most likely to play linebacker, but now there's a lot of traction that he may play running back. And you look at his statistics from this year, and it makes sense. <laughs> only in seven games he rushed. He had 78 carries, so only about 11 a game. And he ran for 1,400 yards, almost 1,500 yards, um, and 21 touchdowns. So he's averaging almost 20 yards per carry. Uh, so it's absurd what he's doing. Uh, 274 yards before touchdowns in that state championship game. So I think the Badgers are in good shape and should be very excited about what they have in, in Braylon Allen. You've watched his weight room pick videos and pictures. Uh, it's pretty alarming. So I, I think it's going to be fascinating to see if he sticks on the defensive side as an inside linebacker or outside linebacker or if he gets a shot at running back. I know that that's something that's been talked about or rumored about here, but but really you look at the the depth at inside or at um, linebacker positions and they're pretty set there that we're going to talk about. But but running back's a little bit more of a question mark, and he's definitely a, a different body and skill set than anybody else they have coming in. So I think it's going to be fascinating, and he's a really talented kid. Yeah, he he really is. I mean, thirteen carries, two seventy four, and four touchdowns. It's it's really incredible to see what he can do on on both sides of the field. You know, I, I like what about Braylon Allen, you know, you lock, if you've ever watched his highlight tape, you know, when you watch Huddle and those things, sometimes they put the circle around the player showing you, you know, where he is on the field, what he's doing. When you watch Braylon Allen, you know right away who the kid is, and obviously if you know his number, and you, but you just look at it and you say, yep, that's the kid I'm watching because he just looks like a man among boys whenever he's playing high school football. I mean, he's been – so impressive to watch in the weight room, um, you know, just following his high school career. And wherever he ends up at Wisconsin, whether it be running back, linebacker, I think really those are the two options. I think that safety dream has, has now come and gone just with his size and strength. Um, I, I think Wisconsin's going to have a great one, whatever position he's at. So I'm excited to see what he can do. But it was a nice end to his career to, to win that spring state title and, and continue to just have a dominating season. He's been unreal all season, and uh, I can't wait to see what he does for Wisconsin. Yeah, and it's crazy to think that age-wise, he's a ju- he should be a junior in high school. Right. And so he's he's leaving high school a year early to come with the Badgers, and you can see that he's physically ready. <laughs> <laughs> you can see that is a great way to put it. So, yeah, exciting end of the season um, for Braylon Allen for sure. Can't wait to see what he can do with Wisconsin once he gets onto campus. All right, guys, that wraps up our news. We'll get our ad reads out of the way here quick, and then we'll get into our defensive grades. All right, it's time for the defensive report card. As I mentioned at the front of the show, guys, we did the front, the first half of this with the offensive side of the football last week, so go check that out if you haven't already. But today we're focusing in on the defensive side of the football. I think, um, at least for me to start things out position-wise, most of these, you know, most of these positions were graded out fairly well. No, I, I didn't really have a ton of, you know, undervalued positions, the ones that weren't doing very well, or ones that um, you really, really jumped off, kind of in that BC range, you know, A-minus, stuff like that. So it should be an interesting conversation to see where 
each of us are at. Uh, we'll start with the defensive line. Um, where did you have this group? I know coming in, there were some depth concerns that hopefully got a little bit answered, uh, but where do you have the defensive line graded out? Yeah, I think I think this spring really helped out the defensive line in my eyes because you had a new defensive line coach in Ross Kalaji coming on, um, shifting over from strength strength and position strength and conditioning coach. And you look at it, Matt Hennington's a surefire starter, Keanu Benton, surefire starter. So you had two out of your three um, starters in your base package set up along the defensive line. So I think going into it, you felt good, but then you had question marks at the other DN spot. And most people have assumed, myself included, that it'll be Isaiah Mullins. Uh, and, and it seems like that's pretty ironed out, feel feel more comfortable about it. Bryson Williams and Keanu Benton were kind of banged up at that nose tackle spot, so Gio Paez ended up there quite a bit. And, and the emergence of Rodas Johnson and, and Gio Paez having a nice uh, spring as well, I think gave me confidence to, to look at this group and, and think of it as probably a B-plus. And the reason I lean towards B-plus, I, I went into the spring thinking B-minus-B for this group. But then I think when you look at the fact that Rodas Johnson, Gio Paez both had really strong camps where Paez can help you out at both the end or nose tackle. Um, Rodas Johnson sounds like, I mean, he was the talk of that room for most of the spring. And then even younger guys like Cade McDonald um, had a really nice spring. And, and then you think, think back to the fact that they have the transfer coming in from Oregon. They also have a kid, a younger kid like James Thompson Jr., who played last year. They felt comfortable enough to have him on the field last year, but didn't practice the spring. So he's going to be back as well to add some depth. And then Mike Jarvis supposedly looked pretty well, or pretty good as well, a true freshman who's in his first camp. So I think overall, I feel pretty confident in this group. I don't think you're going to all of a sudden have um, absolute studs. I mean, I don't think Keanu Benton, I think he's a kid that, dependent upon how he plays, I mean, he could be an early entrant to the draft based off of what he has in terms of size, experience, and explosiveness. But but I, I like this group, and I think that the depth was definitely improved with a really strong uh, spring. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with everything you said there. I think for me... Um, I, I was I was kind of leaning B to B plus, and I ended up going with a B plus in in my notes here. And I think from what we've heard, from where we were at at the you know coming into spring, from what we've heard after that this, that things are looking good in this room. You've got you know your your pillar in Keanu Benton. You know he's a strong force. Matt Henningsen, incredibly smart kid. Um, sounds like he's been fully healthy. I know last year he was banged up, and and that was my maybe my concern coming in. Um, sounds like there was no hiccups there. Bryson Williams getting healthy can be a guy that gives you a little bit more flexibility, um, maybe to play at the defensive, you know, at the, at the nose tackle position, but also a defensive end. So I think that'll be great if he remains healthy and on the field. But then after that, you were looking for someone else to to work in there with Isaiah Mullins and, and that starter group um, and being part of that rotation. So getting positive comments from guys like Gio Paez, Rodas Johnson. Uh, even yeah, even Mike Jarvis, like you mentioned, kind of st- stood out um, and, and kind of both all of this younger you know, secondary group all seems like they had strong springs and, and moved up into you know into the conversation. I'm not saying that these guys you know like Pius and Johnson are going to be you know starters and and be guys that are out there every snap. You've got guys that you feel pretty good about at least going into things. 
But if you've got a rotation with those guys, I think that gives you a lot more depth and you feel um, a lot better about where this defensive line room is at. So um, from where they were at, I think, beginning to spring to now, uh, I think it was an improvement. So that, for me, landed uh, at a B plus. Yeah, I agree with you on that one, man. I think we were pretty much in sync on the defensive line, for sure. Kind of the same um, thought process. We'll move on down the line, um, over to the linebackers, I should say. And we'll start inside. Um, this unit, I think, if you if you graded it out based on the two starters, you've got <laughs> probably an A, you know, really strong inside in, in Sanborn and Chennault. But the depth coming into spring was a little bit of concern. Where did you grade out uh, the inside linebacker room kind of based on that? Yeah, I think you look at the starters and you got to feel really comfortable because really Sanborn, Chanel, they've played a lot of football. They're, they're probably, I mean, Sanborn specifically, probably your leader of the defense, might be the best player on that defense overall. And, and Chanel is explosive. He's a human tank when he's uh, running after you. So I think you, you feel really good there. Behind them, you've got a really established backup in Mike Mascalunas. He missed most of camp. So it kind of gave the opportunity for some other guys to step up. Sounds like Muma Jongmeta had a really nice camp. Uh, We didn't hear too much about Jordan Turner, but we did hear a bunch about Tatum Grass, uh, a walk-on kid who's kind of following the same career arc of Mascalunas. And and then we saw Malik Reed transfer out, so that kind of hurt your depth a little bit, but you've got some nice freshmen coming in, um, and supposedly Jake Chaney looked the part early as a redshirt or as a true freshman early enrollee. So I think I would probably go with A- minus because I don't want to knock them too much because you've got to feel really good about those starters. And they're probably – you look at last year, they didn't really come off the field much. And Mike Mascalunas didn't didn't get out there other than special teams and a little bit of um, times when, when the game was out of hand. So I think A- minus is fair just because you're probably not going to see your backups nearly as much. Um, Bob Bostead has really – not rotated these guys much at inside linebacker. Instead, he's ran with those top two. Um, and if, if one of those goes down, you got Mike Mascalunas, who I think you feel pretty comfortable with. So I would go with an A- minus for this group. I wish you could you heard a little bit more from a guy like Jordan Turner, but I also look at the fact that they have some really nice freshmen coming in this summer, and I think that um, at least I feel very comfortable with this group, and it might be the strongest group uh, overall, at least when you look at the starters. Yeah, I think that part for me was the was the where it made it a little bit more complicated with the starters because I think Sanborn and Chanel, you grade them out on their own. They're they're both solid A's, and behind them, you get you know given how much it sounds like they're going to play, like you mentioned the rotation, there isn't as much rotation in inside linebacker. If Sanborn and Chanel are are healthy and are are not completely you know winded. I think they're going to be out there 95% of the time in, in taking all the snaps that they can. So depth isn't necessarily as big of concern because hopefully those two are able and, and ready to go and making plays. And you don't have to worry about it. And then if there is something that pops up, you've got a reliable veteran in Mike Mascalunas who isn't probably on the same level as e- either of those two, but still a player that can give you something. So when you talk about depth, of course, maybe you don't have the guys that are ready to go out there right away, but you've got two established starters where you don't have to have as big a concern. So um, that part for me made this position group have to be graded out fairly high because it, it's not as pressing of an issue if you don't have someone behind them. 
Um, in terms of what I have liked to hear a little bit more about younger guys making an impression, yeah, I kind of um, you know agree with you on that sentiment. You know, Mu Anjong Meta sounds like he had a good spring. Tatum Grass were were really the two guys that were discussed. You mentioned Malik Reed, yeah, he got a lot of talk. Unfortunately, uh, now transferring out, so that hurts you a little bit. I think you want to see a little bit more from some of these younger guys, but again, it's not a huge pressing issue where you're going to go into fall camp, you know, needing some, you know, progression from two guys that you might play at inside linebacker. You've got two solid starters. You've got some guys coming up behind them. So I graded it out as a, as a B plus. I could definitely see an A minus that way. You know, just the 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 absolute of having those two, you know, to start off with makes you kind of move your grade up no matter what because they're so strong. And I, I like the guys that get behind them. We'll hope to see more, but again, not a pressing issue. So I'm I'm fully on board that B plus A minus range for this group. Yeah, I think that's fair. All right, moving to the outside linebacker position here. Um, for me, this one was a, a group that coming into spring again. We've talked about it seems like the last few springs. You want to see somebody step up. Don't know if we necessarily quite got that out the, at the outside linebacker position. So there's certainly concerns there, but there are bodies that are hopefully going to be able to fill that role. Where did you go in terms of grade for the outside linebackers? I went with a B for this group, and um, there's a lot of names here. Mm-hmm. And, but just because you know the names doesn't mean that that they're going to be a stud. And I think Nick Kerbig is a really talented player. I think I feel really confident with him. Noah Burks, you just didn't see much of anything from him last year. He was on the field for for most of the snaps, but you didn't see big-time plays happening from him. And I think that's where you really have to hope that you see see a boost from him. Um, They were 100th in the nation last year in sacks per game at just over one and a half, which in Wisconsin's attacking 3-4, that's just not good enough. And so – I think the onus is on this group to to improve that going into it. Um, I really like Spencer Lytle. I think he had a really good spring, which I, which should have fans excited, has me excited. C.J. Getz is another kid who had a nice spring. I think those two are probably your de facto backups between Burks and Herbig and can, can bring some juice in a rotational setting. Aaron Witt I really like because of his size and what he can do as a pass rushing specialist as well as being stout against the run, but I just, until I see it, I can't go ahead and say that this group's going to be anything higher than a B in my eyes, at least right now. Uh, you look at their production last year, and I think you go, and it would start off at like that C, C-plus range, because you just didn't see the fl- the splash plays. Herbig was all over the field, but at the same time, he was a true freshman who was, who was kind of getting out there and cutting his teeth. I like what they have now in terms of depth behind him. Isaiah Green May, will, who knows what he'll ever be or if he'll ever be anything to help this team out and stay healthy. But, but really, the big question for me is, can they now do it? Can they put it together? Because you've got talent. You've got four or five guys that you feel really comfortable with that you can rotate, but they need to make sure that they produce. And that's something that until I see it, I'm just going to have to stick with the B for now. Yeah, I love what you said about you You know the names, but you, you've got to see it on the field. Because when I was going through this exercise, you know, and, and looking at where, you know, the guys you've got, you're like, you, know, you follow, if you follow recruiting, you know some of these guys. You think, oh, I like this guy coming out of high school. I like this guy and what he's got. But you haven't quite seen something from some of these guys quite yet. So until you do, it's it's something where you can't necessarily grade them out just based on 
what you've seen in high school or, or what you you know knowing the names that way. So I think there are concerns here. Um, they they could have been put to bed if you know if you came out and, and you heard you know you know Spencer Lytle's lighting up. C.J. Getz is, is is having a phenomenal spring. You know Noah Burks of course was out for part of the spring, but he also you know Bobby April kind of also mentioned that he's got stuff he needs to work at, work on and focus on to to be a more complete linebacker. So. And certainly everyone does, but that is a bit concerning for me for a guy that's played a lot of football and be taking a lot of snaps. So for me, nothing really jumped off the page right now for that outside linebacker room. Um, you know, Isaiah Green May, again, really not nothing. The, the younger guys, and, and you know, TJ Bowler's is banged up a little bit. Caden Johnson is banged up a little bit. You don't expect them to, to be on the field, but you wanted to see them maybe making progressions. And then it's the that next group, you know, that the wit. Spencer Lytle, C.J. Getz, and, of course, you've got Nick Herbig, who I think you'll be um, feeling confident about. But I would have liked to see a little bit more jump off the page, um, you know, just off of what we've heard in the outside linebacker room. Hadn't quite um, yet. So I graded them out as a C plus, and, and until we see, um, you know, where this where this room's going to improve, where the production's going to come from, uh, I think that range is, is very fair because you, you look at last year, they don't necessarily have the strong track record coming into the spring. I mean, the production just wasn't there. They're going to need more, and until we see it, it's hard to give them any you know higher marks in terms of a grade. Yeah, and I, I feel as like the the crux of of at least what both of us are saying here is that it's Noah Burks, and, and mm-hmm. that was something that Bobby Aper brought up was that he needs to see more from him and and have those explosive those pop plays make an impact on a game-by-game basis. If you're, you're going to be a sixth-year senior, you need to make use of that and, and take advantage of your opportunities. We saw him have some nice interceptions, a handful of sacks the year before, and I know that the season was shorter and that he didn't have Zach Bond across from him, but he, he's the leader now, and, and I think if he can elevate his game, I think that helps this group overall. If he doesn't, I think you're going to see a hell of a lot of Spencer Lytle and C.J. Getz up opposite of Herbig because in the end you need production and, and whoever's going to give you that, but Bobby April is going to have to, to pull the trigger on which guy he thinks gives them the best chance to win. And for Noah Burke's case, I hope it's him. But at the same time, I think some of those younger guys are going to see a lot of playing time as well. And it's just going to be more of a rotation this year. Yeah. I think that it's going to be fascinating to watch as they get into, you know, the, the fall practice that way of, you know, if, if Noah Burks makes that jump and and takes the takes the reins and, and kind of gets a lot of those you know starter snaps and and how long if he struggles you know how long does it take to make some of that switch to some of these other guys so I think in terms of you know who's going to get the snaps I, I think Nick Herbig's going to be a guy that is obviously going to be in there but then if Noah Burks isn't isn't doing what he needs to do and contributing at the level that they need him to. I, I could certainly see one of those other, you know, those middle tier guys. Those not the younger guys, but you know that um, secondary group, you know, making an impact that way that could hopefully um, give you some production. Because you mentioned it at the beginning, Wisconsin's three-four defense. You need strong outside linebacker play. You need pressure. You see how good Wisconsin's defense is when they have it. Still pretty good even when they don't. But it makes a huge difference in their defense when outside linebackers are getting to the quarterback. And, and making plays. So uh, this, I, I think right now going into fall, the outside linebacker room is going to be the room to watch for 
um, because I think they can really elevate this defense overall just given the pieces that they have around them and, and the production that they could bring. So that's going to be fascinating to watch as we move forward here. For sure. Do we want to pop over to the cornerbacks? Yeah, let's go on down to the cornerback room. Of course, um, when we've talked position coaches, Hank Poteet taking over this group. You've got solid starters in, um, you know, and experienced guys in Fayon Hicks and Caesar Williams. They sound like they're still strong leaders, but I think the conversation and the focal point of this room coming into spring was who's going to be that third corner. Um, you know, in the presser, you heard, um, you know, that talked about a little bit who's going to be that third guy, that fourth guy, the rotation guy. Um, what did you make of this cornerback room, and who do you think really impressed, and, and where do you think this group is at as you go into this offseason and, and summer conditioning? Yeah, I think at the top, Caesar Williams, Fan Hicks, you got to feel fairly confident with those guys. Um, I, I, they're not going to be All-Americans or anything like that, but you're looking at um, solid Big Ten performers that could, that could you know, snag a, a second-team All-Big Ten type of recognition. I think, though, you look behind them, and Dean Ingram and Alexander Smith got up most of the talking points of this spring for the room. And we had come into this spring wondering who would step up because Rashad Wild Goose was gone and was selected in the NFL draft by the Buffalo Bills. Now you look at it, and a couple guys are, are, are starting to take advantage of extra opportunities and really some new leadership at the cornerback spot. Um, Alexander Smith supposedly um, made some nice gains. Dean Ingram became more consistent. So I think those those two are probably um, going to give them a top four, nicely rounded out. I, I doubt that changes come fall. Alexander Smith is probably your nickel, if, if I had to guess, just based off of experience. He's got an extra year on Dean Ingram. Uh, he's, he's helped out a lot in special teams. Ingram's also the punt returner, at least he was last year, so I would assume that um, – Ingram will be used in, in the dime situations, whereas Alexander Smith will play quite a bit. Wisconsin uses nickel, you know, like 70% of the time. So Smith's going to see the field quite a bit. And he was a kid that I think we were high on coming out of high school. He can do a lot of different things, but he started to put it together, which is, which is huge. Then you've got a, a, an assortment of guys behind him that weren't able to go this spring or maybe got le- left over. Like Dante Burton, I think, for me, I thought he was going to be the nickel because he played so much last year, especially late in the season. But like I mentioned, you have a whole new cornerbacks coach, so things might change. Um, but cornerbacks coach Hank Poteet hasn't even seen Samar Melvin or Deron Harrell either, um, and those are both guys who have played, uh, played snaps before. Melvin's been battling injuries here recently, didn't play much at all last year after starting the Minnesota game and making some nice plays in that one. And then Deron Harrell, I mean – like I mentioned before, he's kind of an enigma, and who really knows what's going on there because he went from starter to, to not playing whatsoever, basically, uh, in 2019. So I think there's still some, some room for some shakeups here, but overall I think that there's a lot of bodies. I think the depth is really good here. You don't have the, like, top, top-level feeling where you you have a guy like Rashad Wild Goose who's going to get drafted. I don't see Caesar Williams or Fayon Hicks as that top-level corner that's going to be a shutdown guy, a Nick Nelson-type guy um, on this roster. But instead, I think overall, good depth, solid contributors across the board. That, that The top four I feel fairly comfortable with, and I'd really go down to like five because I think Burton's pretty good too. Um, so I would probably go with a B. Um, just because you don't have that stud to rely on and shut down half the field. 
So I would probably go with B for this group. Yeah, I like what you mentioned there, and I would I would grade them out similar. I put them as a B plus. I had them as a B, you know, coming into spring kind of as well. I, I tried to do this exercise, where are they at before versus where they're at now. I gave them that plus because I think the finding that depth there was a, uh, a, a nice bonus. You know, you were coming in, you feel good about what you've got in, in Fayon Hicks and Caesar Williams. Like you mentioned, they're not going to be – you know, light the world on fire and be, you know, dominating, you know, top tier corners, but they're really solid Big Ten corners, and I think you feel good about those two. But you needed more behind them, and there was a, again a collection of names that everybody knows, but you needed to see a progression. And part of that is probably with, you know, with Smith and Dean Ingram, and Hank Poti being a new position coach coming in, seeing it with a fresh set of eyes. The inabilities of of Melvin and, and guys like Deron Harrell to not be able to go, of course, hurts them, but it gives you some opportunities like Alexander Smith and Dean Ingram that, hey, you know, we're out here, we're taking reps, my position coach trusts me, and, and that's who, who now I think you're, you're going into fall camp with those four as, as your leaders in the clubhouse. And you've got some other guys behind them that can make an impact, but they're not going to have as large of an opportunity just you know, losing out on spring football that way. But when you add in, you know, you like you said, you, you like Dante Burden with what he's got. Very highly recruited kid, played really well, and he's got a lot of um, you know skills there, so he could certainly jump into that role as well. Samar Melvin, we we've seen flashes from him where he can be in that conversation. Um, so I think the room has got talent, it's got potential, it's got depth, and you you found some of that depth in this spring session. So overall, I think I have to to go with that B plus range, and you feel good about it, and I think this room can even get better. Um, when you get some of those guys and get that rotation hopefully working in there. So um, in, in terms of rooms that you feel good about in terms of across the board with experience, depth, and, and talent, I think cornerback room is, is right up there in, in what you've got. So I think you feel pretty good about where you're at um, heading into this offseason with them. Yeah. All right. Oh, go ahead. Yep. What I was going to say, continuing on in the secondary, um, we've got the safeties. Uh, of course, the big kind of news of this spring season, off season was was Reggie Pearson not being part of that safety room now, headed to Texas Tech. Of course, the medical clearance issue with Wisconsin, but you've still got um, some strong starters um, in Scott Nelson and, and Colin Wilder. I think similar to inside linebacker room, you like what you have at the top, but there's some guys that you're going to need um, firmed up, firm up their roles around them. So, where did you have uh, the safety room graded out? I gave him a B plus, and kind of my rationale for it was I feel really confident in Scott Nelson at, at, at that free safety. I think he started blossoming after last year after coming back from injury. We saw better tackling from him, which which was really his Achilles heel back as a redshirt freshman when he played, missed all of his sophomore year. So I think what we saw out of him last year, have a full year removed from, from that knee injury, should help him out even further. I also really like Colin Wilder. Um, I think that tandem will re- work really nicely. I think they bring some nice things to the safety room. And then behind that, you saw four different guys kind of step up, or, or really three different guys step up uh, throughout camp, which I think helps to ease concerns about depth. You've got John Torchio, who had a really nice camp, and Travion Blaylock, who, who also had a really nice camp. So I think those two guys – can help you out. Torchio can play either safety position, Travion Blaylock more of a free safety after converting from cornerback. So I think really you've, you've got experience with those guys. Torchio played a ton of football 
uh, back in 2019, was kind of dealing with COVID and stuff last year a little bit. But but I think you feel good about those top those four. Preston Zachman was a, made a nice flash after making a switch from linebacker to there. He's he's your your prototypical former high school quarterback. Came in as a linebacker athlete, and they just switched him back to to safety, and it seems like a nice spot for him. He gives them some position versatility from that strong safety position. And then Titus Toller, we saw some things from him last year. You didn't hear too much this spring about him, but I think when you look at what he did last year, coming in as he rounded up the two deep um, going into the year, dealt with an injury had after that pick against Michigan. So I think overall the depth is nice, and I, I went with the B-plus because not only do you have – that's that top six that you feel pretty comfortable with, but you also have a stud coming in as a true freshman in Hunter Waller, which I think will really elevate this room. And I, I still think that when when it comes to 2022, I would be very surprised if Hunter Waller is not one of your starters. So I think when you look at this, you've got guys who are fighting for opportunities and, and really have some talent and some experience. And then you have a really talented, probably the future of your position coming in as well, Come come fall, so I I feel really confident against with the safeties back there. Yeah, I I totally agree there. I had them graded out as a B, you know, similar to the inside linebacker room. I I like what you've got at the top in in Scott Nelson and Colin Wilder. Feel you know much better coming in um, with with Scott Nelson after what we saw from him late in the season. Colin Wilder, I really liked him as a rotation player. I'm still a little bit, um, you know, I wouldn't say nervous, but you know, just him taking on a full-time starter role. Um, I, I think those those little bit of doubts will be answered once you see him on the field playing uh, a lot of snaps. I think he's a really talented player. Uh, just now moving into a little bit of a new role, but after that, there's that collection of names again um, that that is still looking to separate themselves a little a little bit. You know, Jim Leonard plays. Three safeties a lot, so you'll need someone like the John Torchio, Travion Blaylock to step up. I'm interested to see who of those two might be that guy. I think both of them could make a run at it. Um, and then you mentioned Preston Zachman. He was kind of the guy that got most of the pub um, moving over to that position. Um, so that's great to, to have that depth. He is new to the position, so you don't want to have to overly rely on that, but I don't think you have to. He can be a guy that maybe you know, works into the rotation, continues to learn, as you get into fall ball a few games, and then who knows? You know, Some of these guys, they they work in spring, they work in fall practice, don't get a lot of time early in the season, but as they continue to practice for you know game weeks, all of a sudden they work themselves into to playing a lot of snaps. I could see that situation happening with Preston Zachman. So um, would I have liked to hear a little bit more about the, some of the other names? Yeah, but you know, you could, with not being able to see practice, you're only, you only get a small – media segment, so sometimes it's just not a lot fit in there. So um, I, I think this group coming into spring well, was solid. I think they established the two starters. You've got guys behind them that you feel pretty good about. Still need to see more as you get into the fall, but overall I think the safety room is, is a solid B right now for me and not a ton of concerns there, but certainly room for growth as you move forward. Yeah, and, and there's that's the thing is there's a lot of room for growth for all these positions, and that's what they need to figure out in fall camp. But I overall, I think this team is going to be much stronger than it was a year ago, and we'll talk about that more this summer, I'm sure. Yeah, and I think to to kind of round things out with the defense, you know, as a whole, you know, sim, we we kind of had similar grades all in that you know B range. I think the one 
concerning spot, you know, similar to the offensive. When in, in our episode with that, the concerning spot was, of course, the running back room. Didn't grade out very well. I think here, kind of that outside linebacker room maybe need a little bit more. But everywhere else, you feel good with where you're at right now. And that's, that's great, coming out of spring ball to feel good at where you're at and room for progression. You're not going to have all the answers figured out at the end of spring ball. Fall camp is still going to be a time where you're going to you know, have to test some of these guys out and, and get some answers. And even early in the season, you might see more rotation players as you're trying to figure that out. So you don't have a preseason, so to speak, like you have in the NFL where you can get a couple trial runs to work some guys in there. So um, I, I think with where they're at right now, you'll sign up for that every time with each position because they, you feel pretty comfortable with all these groups. Just need a little bit more from each of them, which shall, will certainly come with time. Yeah, and I brought, I'm glad that you brought up that like you don't have that preseason. You don't have those tune-up games this year. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're from the jump. You got Penn State at home, so it's it's one of those things where sure you've got Eastern Michigan the next week where you can kind of ease into things a little bit more. Uh, but that Penn State game is going to be a big one, and and you've got to try to have everything ironed out as much as possible by then. And I'm I'm fascinated to see how some of these true freshmen that we've mentioned. There's a lot of really talented true freshmen coming in. This is one of the Badgers. Um, most highly rated recruiting classes that they've ever had. And we saw just how impactful that freshman class was last year after they were the, the top recruiting mm-hmm. class that they'd ever brought in, at least according to like the common era of recruiting numbers. But I, I think that's going to be something that could, could change some dynamics here. Because I, I mentioned Hunter Wohler. There's lots of guys that, that could come in here and shake up some depth charts and, and possibly earn some playing time, whether it be on special teams or or even further. So I, I think there's a lot to be happy about, but there's definitely still question marks and that need to be addressed come fall camp. All right, there you have it, folks. I think that rounds out our position grades um, pretty well. So hopefully you enjoyed this um, and enjoyed the offensive one. If you haven't ca- you know listened to that one, make sure to go check that out. Um, it was a lot. It was a really fun exercise as we get into this off season mode a little bit. We'll be certainly be doing more of that stuff. So thank you as always for listening on Wisconsin. Thank you.